Good morning, guys. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to C3. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. We'll begin in three, two, one. Good morning. Welcome to Christ Community Church. We are so glad you guys are here uh, with us at church. <laughs> we are at Bethany's house this morning, and uh, thanks for having us, Beth. Thanks for letting us come inside. You're it's welcome. Hot or cold outside? I don't know if it's it's hot and cold outside. <laughs> None of that matters. We're yeah. inside. No, it doesn't. We are inside. <laughs> Justin's in the back. We put him back there, away from us. I'm glad you're up here and he's not. So, and we're glad you're here with us this morning. Uh, we're gonna sing some songs. And uh, Larry, I forgot his name for a second, is gonna <laughs> preach on joy this morning. And it's gonna be a great day. We encourage <laughs> you guys to sing along with us. Worthy is the king who conquered the grave. 
Worthy is the Lamb who stayed. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was saved. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was saved. Worthy, worthy, worthy. Oh, this is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You lay down your friends. This is your call to worship for today. I'm reading Psalm 30. I will exalt you, O Lord, for you lifted me out of the depths and did not let my enemies gloat over me. O Lord, my God, I called to you for help and you healed me. O Lord, you brought me up from the grave. You spared me from going down into the pit. Sing to the Lord, you saints of his, Praise his holy name, for his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may remain for a night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. When I felt secure, I said, I will never be shaken. O Lord, when you favored me, you made my mountain stand firm. But when you hid your face, I was dismayed. To you, O Lord, I called. To the Lord I cried for mercy. What gain is there in destruction, in my going down into the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it proclaim your faithfulness? Hear, O Lord, and be merciful to me, O Lord, my help. You turn my wailing into dancing. You remove my sackcloth and clothe me with joy, that my heart may sing to you and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give you thanks forever. Will you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We pray, Lord, that we would remember, that we would remember all the wonderful and glorious things you do for us. We ask, Lord, that you would be with us today and help us to worship you and proclaim your greatness. We thank you, Lord, for your son, Jesus, and it's His in his name I pray. Amen. Are you hurting and broken within? Overwhelmed by the weight of sin? Cause Jesus is calling. Have you come to the end of yourself? Do you thirst for a drink from the well? 
Cause Jesus is calling Oh come to the altar The Father's arms are open wide Forgiveness was brought with The precious blood of Jesus Christ Leave behind your regrets and mistakes Come today, there's no reason to wait Cause Jesus is calling Bring your sorrows and trade them for joy From the ashes a new life is born Cause Jesus is calling Oh, come to the altar The Father's arms are open wide Forgiveness was brought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ will come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. So what a Savior, isn't He wonderful? We sing hallelujah, Christ is risen. We bow down before Him, for He is Lord. Father's arms are open wide Forgiveness was bought with The precious blood of Jesus Christ Will come to the altar The Father's arms are open wide Forgiveness was bought with The precious 
Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to our Christ Community Church Sunday morning Bible study. And uh, clearly, we are not at home. No, we are not at home. We are up in the Smoky Mountains, uh, enjoying a little time away and uh, just a little time with each other. And it's great. This, I'm not going to lie. No, it's, it's good. It's good. It's good. It's been great. This um, mm. is a reminiscent trip for me. I haven't been up here since I was a kid and wanted to come and think about my family and my dad. And that's what we've been doing. And so it's been wonderful. Yes, it's, it been, it's, been, it's great. been great. And I'm very thankful. That we could get away, but so we're uh, trying to do this uh, broadcast or our taping yep. uh, uh, on our own with the help of Justin back in Memphis. <laughs> and uh, if it's not great, we'll see. We're, we're very sorry. But that's all right. We'll do much we, better next week when so, he's with us. When he's with us. Yeah. But anyway, we told him he could come, and he he declined. Yeah. So, so, yeah. Well, Anna wouldn't let him. That's so right. that, that's the deal. So all right. Uh, would you like to, I tell you what, let me pray for us. Okay, that'd be good. Lord Jesus, we love you. We bless you that we can gather together and sing songs of joy and thanksgiving uh, and worship to you uh, for what you've done in our lives. Please bless this study. Uh, please speak into our lives fresh words of light and hope and joy and grace. And Lord, we sure would be thankful if you would do it. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so I'm going to open it up with just a quick reading uh, from the Lenten essays. And uh, this one is about, kind of like last week's, if you listen to last week, about the fact that um, so many people, when Christ died, everyone, of course, everyone, thought that this was not going to be this was not good. This was not going to be a good ending. This was the worst thing that could possibly they happen. They had signed up and joined a group that was going to end terribly. And, and just so you know, you might not even know, but from history, this happened a lot. There were a lot of self-proclaimed messiahs who uh, gathered people around him, created a lot of excitement and hoopla, and then the leader was killed and the group was left worse off than they were before the Messiah yeah. had, yeah. had yeah. Uh, come on the scene. And so... This was not that weird, uh, and so they were they were wondering if this was going, you know, what was going to happen. Well, and yeah. just that all was lost, yes. truly all was lost. Yes. Yes. And this Lenten reading says, but God, the Bible tells us, is no respecter of persons, and the happy ending isn't promised to an exclusive group. Mm. It isn't. Only for Baptists or Presbyterians or Episcopalians, what God began, God will not abandon. Hooray. Hooray. <laughs> he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. God loves everyone, sings the psalmist. What God has named will live forever. Hallelujah. The happy ending has never been easy to believe in. The crucifixion, the, the, after the crucifixion, the defeated little band of disciples had no hope. No expectation of the resurrection. Everything they believed in had died on the cross with Jesus. The world was right and they had been wrong. Even when the women told the disciples that Jesus had left the stone-sealed tomb, the disciples found it nearly impossible to believe it was not all over. But the truth was, it was just beginning. It was just beginning. It's a joyous thought. Yes. It is the joyous thought. Yes. Perhaps. Um, 
that which God began with that empty tomb really was just the beginning. And we can also declare that for our own lives, that what God has done in our past really up to this very moment, is just the beginning. It's just the beginning. Uh, he's saving the best for the future, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you. Well. Thank you. Um, we really are grateful for your words to help us prepare for Easter. It's an important season. It's, mm. it's the most important season, yes. isn't it? Don't you think? Yes. And uh, in my attempts to prepare us for Easter, I have chosen some different ideas uh, words, if you will, that are the, uh, communicate the most important ideas in Scripture to sort of help us get our minds uh, where they should be as we prepare for Easter. Uh, last week, we talked about peace, shalom, shalom. and um, how God wants um, His children to be a people who experience peace, that are known for their peace, that have the ability to create peace, uh, and that often demand sacrifice and mm. suffering mm. and death uh, for that peace to be created, not only through the life of Jesus, but through our lives as well. And that's what we talked about last week. Um, this week, I want to talk about another concept that's related to peace, but still distinct, and that is joy. Mm. And I got this idea of joy in my mind as I was studying one of the Psalms, Psalm 30. And in that Psalm, I think that's what, oh Lord, I forgot who's reading the Psalm, to, uh, the call to worship. But I think it's Robin. Is it? I think it is. I think it's Robin. I think she read Psalm 30. I think that's right. But in Psalm 30, nonetheless, uh, David says that God's anger lasts for a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may stay for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Mm. And then a few verses down, it's, he says, Lord, you turned my wailing into dancing, and you removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy. Uh, David, both, you know, two different times, he talks about this idea of joy and how one of the things that God is doing in our lives is uh, transitioning us from lives of mourning and sorrow and loss and literally wailing mm. into a place of joy. That's one of the things that God's doing in our lives. And um, if you study the Bible, both Old and New Testament, surely, what you'll find, there are many, many words both in Hebrew and Greek, that are translated joy. Uh, and they all have subtle nuances, uh, differences of meaning, different emphasis of meaning, I should say. Uh, but they all could be traced back to the basic idea of true delight, hmm. rich happiness, great pleasure, deep elation, cheer, and exuberance. All of those uh, ideas are communicated in the biblical concept of joy. Uh, joy, like peace, is something that God wants His children to experience. It's a big deal to God that His children have lives 
filled with joy. Just like any good parent, we want Rainy uh, to, to live a life and experience a life of great joy. Yes, right. And all loving parents, including God, hmm. wants that to be true. In fact, the Bible would suggest that God not only wants his children to experience joy, but he also wants his children to have lives that are defined by joy, that are um, set apart and made unique by our incredible, immeasurable joy. God would, would want us to live lives that actually are distinguished from the rest of the world by our joy. I think wow. that's, um, I wonder if that's true. <laughs> how I wonder, we're doing. Yeah, I wonder how we're doing on that. Uh, I went through the Bible and studied a lot of different verses related to this idea of joy. And I found it in, very interesting that um, the Bible would tell us that, that we can find joy in many different things. True joy, true biblical joy. We can find great joy great elation, great exuberance, great cheer, great pleasure, great delight, great happiness in many different sources and many different things. I just want to share a few of them with you. Uh, the Bible would suggest in Genesis 1, Psalm 19, and Nehemiah 9, that we can find great joy in God's creation. Mm. Witnessing God's uh, creation, being exposed to God's creation experiencing. We've been doing that all week long. That's been we've true been, of us this week. Yes. Yeah. We've been taking these long hikes every day. Uh, we hiked up to uh, Mount Lacant yesterday. I almost died. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> nonetheless, the whole way up there, we experienced true joy in God's creation, being blessed by the creation that God had done. Yeah. And I would take it just for us as well as for you as well. Uh, there's joy in God's creation. The Bible would tell us in Psalm 65 that there's great joy in witnessing the work of our hands flourish and succeed. When we have poured our life into a business or into a, a, a skill, teaching, and you see your students get it, you see them go off to college and they are prepared and ready. You, you, you hear back that you did a good job. Your work is succeeding. It's flourishing. It's prosperous. Whether it's a teacher, whether it's a businessman, but when we witness the work of our hands flourish and succeed, the Bible would tell us that we find, can find joy in yeah. that. Um, when we witness victory over our enemies or victory in our battles, the Bible repeatedly says in Joshua, Judges, 1 Samuel, that the people experienced great joy. They rejoiced when God gave them victory over their enemies. Um, the Bible says that we find great joy in a good friend. And you and I both, way beyond what we could have ever hoped for, have both been given great joy through incredible friends. That is true. Um, that is true. Yeah, That's yeah. just all there is and, to it. Uh, Paul says, uh, Paul understood that joy. He said in Philippians 4, to his, he wrote to his friends and he said, you are my joy and my crown, the joy of a good friend. The Bible says in Psalm 104, and this will rattle a few of y'all, but that's okay. Uh, the Bible says in Psalm 104 that we can find great joy in good food and, and good wine. 
that good food and good wine give us great joy. Uh, the Bible says in Jeremiah 33 that a wedding ceremony, not only those that participate in the wedding, but those that witness a wedding hmm. can experience great joy by watching a man and a woman make a covenant with each other before God, that they love each other and they're going to be devoted for e to each other for the rest of their lives. We've all seen that. Uh, yes, that and we've joy? experienced that joy. Mm -hmm. We, I, I cry every time I'm at a wedding if I'm not doing it, uh, performing it. Uh, there's joy in witnessing a, a wedding. Um, the Bible, and I've experienced this in Proverbs 31. The Bible says that a man experiences great joy be when he is married to a godly and wonderful wife. Um, that that is a source of, of, of incredible joy. Um, the Bible says in Song of Solomon that we experience joy from a great, healthy, active sex life. Uh, whether we're 21 or 81, and I'm counting on that, uh, that, that, we, uh, that we can experience not just pleasure, but great joy in, ha in the intimacy, the physical intimacy between a man and a woman in their marriage, in their sex life. And I'm, I'm very happy about that. Uh, the Bible says, and you can look this up for me if you would, in Proverbs 23, uh, the Bible tells us that our children are a source of great joy. And I would just declare to everyone listening today that uh, we have a daughter and uh, she has been a source as great a joy as you've been to me. Our daughter has been that same kind of a joy yeah. Uh, yeah. to us. Uh, read verse 24, Proverbs 23, 24. It says, the father of godly children has cause for joy. What a pleasure to have children who are wise. Wise and godly children yeah. are a source of joy. Great joy. Uh, great joy, the Bible yes. says. Yes. And then there are many, many others. I just one more that I, I selected, and that is, According to Luke 15, we experience great joy when we witness the restoration of a wayward loved one or the restoration of a broken friendship or yeah. relationship. When that relationship is healed, that life is restored, that is also a source of great joy. We yeah. see that in Luke 15. Sadly, Charlie, uh, our world is not just one big joyful party. Uh, our world is broken. It's difficult. It's painful. And the Bible would tell us that uh, that loss of joy that we experience originated when Adam and Eve fell in the garden. Uh, when Adam and Eve looked at God and said, no thanks. No we thanks. know better. We're going to do it our way. They lost the joy that God intended for them to experience forever. And when we tell God, no thanks, we know better, uh, we sacrifice uh, the joy that God intends for us to experience. Um, our selfishness, our fear, our evil desires, they create pain and loss and death. And those things rob us of the joy that God wants us to have. That's why David talks about this idea that there's weeping and wailing. Uh, that's a part of our lives. It's the part of every person's life. There'll be times of weeping and wailing. And it's, it's, it's a part of our world. And it's a part of our lives. And we cannot thwart that right. or, or, or avoid that. Um, a few months ago, I was reading uh, in my journey through the Bible. I was reading in Exodus 15. 
And uh, it struck me that the people of God, once they were rescued from Egypt and led by Moses down to the Red Sea and God parted the Red Sea, we all know the story, and the people of God went through the Red Sea and got to the other side, and then the waters closed back. The very first thing that the people of God did, the Bible says that they sang songs of joy. The very first thing they did, they sang songs of joy. In fact, what it says is it says, God brought his people out of slavery with rejoicing and with shouts of joy. Um, they, were I wanna, they were free. I want to suggest, though, that their joy was not just the result of their situation going from bad to good. Yes, it did go from, from horrible to something better. But if you just think about it, their situation on the, on the other side of the Red Sea was really not much better yeah. than their situation on the Egyptian side of the Red Sea. Yeah. Their life was still very hard. Uh, it was very, uh, it was, they, were very, they were vulnerable to attacks of enemies. Um, they had a, a long way to, their life was very dangerous. Um, they, they still had uh, a long way to go to get to the promised land. It, it wasn't, they weren't singing for joy just because their situation moved from terrible to great. It moved from very difficult to a lesser form of difficulty, but the difficulty was still there. I would suggest, and this is the point of our lesson today, I would suggest that the, the real difference in the lives of God's people once they were on the, the other side of the Red Sea was not that their situations had become easy, but that they had a true change of focus. Mm. Their focus moved from that which was their present circumstances. They weren't focused. And if you read that, that song that Moses and Miriam and the people of God sang in Exodus 15, what it talks about is not their present circumstances. What it talks about is they sing about what God had done for them in the past and what God had in store for them in the future. Hmm. And I find that very, very significant. Yeah. Their joy came not from better circumstances, but from their change of focus, from their present challenges and difficulties to that which God had done for them in the past and that which God had in store for them in the future. And that's what makes biblical joy different. Um, uh, yes, we're influenced by our circumstances. Of course. When we have great circumstances, we get joyful. And when we have difficult circumstances, we get sad. And that's a part of the deal. It's part of living in a broken world. But the difference in biblical joy and other types of joy is that our circumstances do not define our ability to experience joy. That we are not enslaved to our circumstances, that we can actually experience a joy even when times are very difficult. The people of God reflected on what God had done for them in the past, and they 
found joy in the anticipation of what God had for them in the, in the future. Um, biblical joy, the Bible would tell us, comes from a choice to focus not on our present circumstances, but on something else. The Bible would tell us that we can focus on what God has done for us and find joy. We can focus on what God has for us in the future. You and I have been doing that all week as we've talked about your daddy being in heaven and looking forward to uh, 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 being with him in heaven one day. And we've we found joy in that. We found joy in talking about our own future, uh, what lies ahead for us in the next few years. We found joy in, in focusing on that. Um, the Bible tells us that we can find joy in thinking about how our lives have influenced and impacted others. The Bible says that there's joy to be found, even in difficult times, in thinking about how God has used us to make a difference in this world, a difference in the lives of other people. Look up that verse for me in, what is it, Philippians 2.17. Paul, the Bible says, found great joy as he thought about how God used his life to make the lives of other people better. Could you read that, please? Yeah, Philippians 2.17 says, but I will rejoice even if I lose my life pouring it out like a liquid offering to God, just like your faithful service is an offering to God. And I want all of you to share that joy. Yes, you should rejoice, and I will share your joy. Paul was joyful, even in prison. Yeah. Paul was joyful. That's where he wrote this. He was in prison, but he was experiencing joy, thinking about how God had used him to impact those Colossi Christians with great good. And whether it's you thinking about how God has used you to impact your students or how I've been a pastor for 40 years and I find joy as I think about certain people and how God has used me, miraculously as it might be, He's used me to make people's lives better. Uh, We can do that thinking about our role as parents or As grandparents, uh, I I pray and hope that you find joy in knowing that you have made my life better. Uh, As my wife, you have made my life immeasurably better uh, from just sticking with me. And I hope that you find joy in that. And uh, uh, I think of somebody that would start a, I think of David Cole and how he is started a business and created jobs for many, many people and how that has been become a source of provision and blessing to countless families. And that can be true of, of so many men and women in our church, how God has used them to make their lives, uh, use their lives to make other people's lives better. That's a source of joy. Uh, and I, I, could, I could go on and on sure. and on sure. uh, with the different examples of, of, of things that we can focus on that will give us joy rather than keeping our focus on the difficulty of our present circumstances. The Bible uh, says through Gabriel, actually, when Gabriel came and announced the birth of Jesus, he said that I bring you good news that brings great joy to all peoples. Mm -hmm. It was God's intention for 
the coming of Jesus, his life and the accomplishment of his ministry, ultimately culminating in the, his death on the cross, that was to be a source of not just joy, but great, great joy, joy to all people. Uh, Jesus taught the disciples that they could and should rejoice. They should rejoice even when they were in very difficult circumstances by turning their focus to what God had in store for them. In Matthew 5, Jesus said, Rejoice and be glad, for I have, great, for I have a great reward for you. Uh, you can find joy in what is waiting ahead for you. The New Testament church took very seriously this responsibility of, uh, of being joyful. Uh, they, uh, this was a community of people who endured incredible yeah. poverty and loss and suffering and persecution um, for a long time. And yet they were known by their critics, by their opponents, as a community of great joy. We see that with Paul, by example, when he was in the Philippian jail. He'd been falsely yeah. accused, yeah. falsely arrested, falsely beaten, and falsely thrown in prison. And yet that night, he's singing. They were he's, singing. He, they were singing songs of praise and joy. Why? Not because their circumstances were better. They were no. actually worse. But they were focused on something else. Uh, the Bible never encourages us to ignore or deny our pain or our sorrow. It never encourages us to pretend that uh, we don't have any problems. Um, uh, King David uh, wrote uh, uh, so many psalms, about a third of all the psalms are songs or psalms of lament. They're declarations that things are bad. Things are hard. God, help us. Um, uh, David didn't pretend that everything was great all the time. The Lord Jesus expressed his grief, his sorrow, his loss over the rejection of Jerusalem um, uh, when he offered them his love and salvation. And they said, no thanks. Yeah. Um, it made Jesus sad uh, when Jesus thought about what was he was going to endure the next day on the cross when he was in the garden. He was grieved. He was grief-stricken. Grief he was sorrowful um, over what was coming the next day. Um, uh, the Apostle Paul repeatedly communicated uh, the pain and the loss in his life, his loss of freedom in prison, his loss of friends um, when people rejected his message, uh, the gospel, um, uh, when he was uh, beaten, uh, when he was shipwrecked, on and on and on, the Apostle Paul communicated that there were times where life was hard and it impacted him with great sorrow and grief and loss. Um, these men uh, didn't pretend that everything was great when it wasn't. These were not men that lived by the slogans, you know, turn your lemons into lemonade or turn your frown upside down or oh, we'll all work out in the end. That's not what drove these men. What these men did was they chose the very difficult work yeah. of changing their focus from their present difficult circumstances and choosing to focus on other things that were sources of joy, 
sources of light, sources of hope, sources of, 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 of peace, um, rather than continuing to be focused yeah. on that which created darkness and death and hopelessness. And beyond their circumstances. That's exactly right. Um, the more difficult our world becomes, and I believe it's going to get more difficult, the more difficult our world becomes, the more people are going to be looking for strength. My question is, are they going to be able to find that strength that they're desperately looking for in us? The Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. That's right. That when we can live lives where we've learned to find joy, not in our present circumstances, but in other things, there's strength there. There's strength that we can be blessed by, but there's also strength that we can give as a gift to other people. Right. Strength strengthens. That's exactly right. Thank you. Right. Um, so my question as we end today is, can people find strength in the joy that we have learned to experience because we have taught ourselves to focus not on our difficult present, but on our blessings in the past and what God has for us for the future. Do people see in me, do people see in you, do people see in you a life that is joyfully strong, joyfully courageous? Or do they see in us the same thing they see in the mirror? Lives that are fragile and negative, full of complaining. Um, David says in Psalm 51, Lord, restore unto me the joy of your salvation. And my prayer for me, my prayer for you, my prayer for all of us, is that the Lord Jesus would restore unto us the joy of his salvation as we learn to embrace his command, focus on that which will give you joy rather than being enslaved to that which will keep us robbed of our joy. Thank you so much for being with us today. We bless you in Jesus' name, and we hope that you'll join us again next week. Thank you.
this week we are christ community church come back next sunday we'll be here 10 15 on facebook and youtube live we'll be back in bethany's house without bethany right yeah is it cool if we come without you yeah that's awesome i like being in your house this is fun yeah clean my house we'll clean your house while we're here next week and anything else fellas all right y'all have a great week come back next sunday Bye. bye